0: Last week, the Globe and Mail broke this story, and it seems to be blowing up today. So we're going to talk about this and fill you in on it. It, The story suggested that there's a controversy in the prime minister's office involving interference in the SNC-Lavalin case. The opposition leader, Andrew Scheer, is calling for Trudeau to waive the attorney privilege cited by the former attorney general. That's why she's not talking. Here is Andrew Scheer. Do we have a, a little clip of him? Here we
1: go. We've heard the yep. prime minister's very carefully scripted, legalistic yep. answer. Yep. But the question is, did anyone in the prime minister's office at any time communicate with anyone in the former attorney general's office on the matter of the criminal prosecution of FNC Lavalin?
0: Yes or no? Here he yeah. Justice. The uh, Canadian Civil Liberties Association is calling for a criminal investigation. And today we found out that the ethics commissioner has launched an inquiry into the allegations against the uh, prime minister's office. Now, um, I thought we should just hear from Nathan Cullen, who's the NDP House leader. He's questioning the current attorney general. Have a listen.
1: Canadians were confused and shocked when the first Indigenous Justice Minister was summarily fired without explanation. In her letter to Canadians, she warned, as Attorney General, must, quote, speak truth to power and, quote, that it is a pillar of our democracy that our system of justice be free from even the perception of political interference. In the Bob Shell report from the Globe and Mail, we now understand truly what she meant. Because when the now former Justice Minister refused to drop the fraud and corruption trial against SNC-Lavalin, she was fired. Again, did anyone in the prime minister's office communicate with the former justice minister about this case? Yes or no. Honourable Minister of Justice.
0: Now, to uh, a lot of us, you know, we're so busy with our own lives that, you know, this stuff seems like a com- completely, you know, uh, unrelatable issue. That, you know, first of all, I don't think a lot of people know uh, exactly what SN uh, c Levelin does because they're a Quebec-based company. We're joined by Duff Conacher who we've had on the show before. It's a pleasure to have him back. He's a co-founder of Democracy Watch. D- Duff, welcome to the show. My pleasure. Get us up to speed on the story. Give us the Coles notes, starting with the uh, S&C Lavalin and what they do, because it's, it's based in Quebec, and most people are, are not really riveted by this case and how it could um, apply to their lives.
1: No, except for the thousands of uh, Quebecers and other Canadians who are employed by the company. And right, the but company-
0: we're not in Quebec.
1: No, it's it's an international engineering firm, and so it works on uh, lots of big infrastructure projects, building dams and roads and bridges and things like that around the world. It has already been banned by the World Bank for a bribery uh, scandal in Bangladesh, and so it can't get any World Bank uh, project, uh, participate in any World Bank projects or get contracts from the World Bank for 10 years. And that's really hurt the company because the World Bank pours tons of money into infrastructure projects uh, worldwide, mostly in developing countries, and, and hires uh, these firms. And if it was prosecuted here in Canada for bribery of officials in Libya then it would, and was uh, convicted, then the company would not be able to bid on any Canadian government contracts for 10 years which would likely lead to uh, large layoffs unless they could replace that business somewhere else in the world. Which
0: wouldn't be good for the prime minister because he'd possibly lose votes.
1: That's right. And the prosecution is going ahead um, at this point because in 2006, the Harper Conservatives created what's called the Public Prosecution Service of Canada, specifically to remove the attorney general, who is a politician and a member of cabinet from the ruling party, from being able to influence uh, decisions by the prosecution service so that p- prosecutions would be done based on the facts and the law as opposed to political considerations. And that was a great move in 2006. And the public prosecution service, the head of it, has decided to go ahead and prosecute S&C What the liberals did when they were elected in 2015 was um, they added... A possibility of the attorney general intervening in a prosecution, stopping it, and instead forcing a negotiated agreement, so that a company could avoid this ten-year ban on bidding on government contracts. Would that
0: be a re- remediation agreement? That's right. Okay.
1: As long as, and the remediation is that the company would get rid of the people in the company who had been involved in the bribery or foreign corruption of any sort, and uh, clean up its internal. Uh, operations to stop it from happening again,
0: and I understand there might be a fine associated with that.
1: Yes, you would still pay a fine, but but you wouldn't be convicted. And if you're not convicted, then you don't face the ban on uh, bidding on federal government contracts. So the liberals brought this in. Most people feel largely because SNC-Lavalin was likely facing a prosecution, and uh, the attorney general can step in and. So if the rumors are true, essentially former Attorney General Jody Wilson-Raybould refused to step in and stop the prosecution of SNC-Lavalin and was put under pressure to do so and uh, by people in the PMO, the Prime Minister's office. We don't know exactly who, and that's what needs to be investigated because it is a violation of the federal ethics law and maybe also the criminal code in terms of obstructing justice for someone to be pressuring the attorney general to stop a prosecution.
0: Now, I was doing some light reading on the laws of government blog, as you do. And uh, people that know me know that's kind of hilarious because I, I just really needed to read into this more uh, to find out exactly what was going on and educate myself a little bit. But one of the things that was written on this blog I thought was interesting to pass on. And it's this, the principle of the AG independence is nicely summarized by Justin Ro- Justice Rosenberg of the Ontario Court of Appeal as follows. The most important of these cons- uh, constitutional conventions is that although the attorney general is a cabinet member, He or she acts independently of the cabinet in the exercise of the prosecution function. This convention is now so firmly entrenched in the Canadian political system that any deviation would likely lead to the resignation of the attorney general or would at the very least spark a constitutional crisis. The resignation of the attorney general would expose any attempted interference by the premier or the cabinet or both uh, to the public and especially to the press and would further entrench the convention of institutional independence. Now, wouldn't a shuffle, a shuffle of the attorney general, who was, of course, Wilson Raybould, to another position, that of, you know, Minister of Veterans Affairs, essentially stop this and keep everyone happy
1: Um, well it may if the new attorney general does step in and stop the prosecution Um, I'm guessing Jody Wilson-Raybould was not happy with being shuffled and she's in a very difficult position which points to a change that should be made across Canada and that is that the attorney general should not be a politician, mm-hmm. should not be a member of cabinet. Well, they're they're he, he not. Yeah, there. they
0: they aren't in England. That's right. And they're uh, not. So they they have a double duty here, uh, and, in Canada.
1: And they're not uh, also in uh, the U.S.
0: But my question, I guess, was why wouldn't she have stopped down, da- stepped down? Because if that's if if the whole um, notion is that when the attorney general, if if they are at any way. Um, asked to or directed by the prime minister's office or anyone else in a political nature that they resign. Why wouldn't she resign? I mean, doesn't that yeah. give, um, well, you know, close. I I don't know anything about what happened. No one does. And that's no. why the investigation is going on. But I'm just trying to figure this out.
1: Yeah, the, the legal ruling says would likely resign, mm-hmm. or we would have a constitutional crisis. We definitely right. have a constitutional crisis, whether they resign or not. Um, why should she resign? She didn't do wrong. The person in the PMO who did this should resign.
0: Is it possible that she's the leak? Because uh, Bill Wilson...
1: Or, or or supporters of her.
0: Right, because Bill Wilson, the former Attorney General's uh, dad, is posting some interesting stuff on Facebook. Have you seen this? No. He posted, The emperor Emperor Has No Clothes 22 hours ago. Jody was demoted because she would not play ball with the big boys who run the Liberal Party. Big industry and jobs threatened by honesty and integrity, question mark where have I heard this before, question mark? Mining, bad logging and fishing farms perhaps? Buried in the controversy, there are four speeches that Jody made briefly calling into question Trudeau's sincerity about reconciliation.
1: Yeah, and everyone's speculating about that, um, what's said in that letter. And it is a strange paragraph for her to include, um, both the one about reconciliation, if there wasn't a problem, but also the one saying that the administration of justice and prosecutions must be... Uh, decisions must be made without any political influence. Uh, um, why would she put that in there if there wasn 't some situation but let 's not even speculate. Um, the bad part of the situation is she 's sitting there as a liberal member of cabinet mm-hmm. and she hasn 't done anything wrong because she wasn 't the one trying to influence her decisions. Someone else was, and they yeah. they broke the rules and yet she 's supposed to resign. No, I, I think she should have gone public but Think about that as well. So she's throwing her prime minister and her party under the bus because of one person's actions in the PMO. Maybe the prime minister himself, in which case it would be justified to throw the prime minister and the party under the bus. But if it was someone in the PMO who didn't know better uh, or was just deciding that, hey, I get to do this because I'm in the PMO, um, that's a lot of cost for her. She's going to lose her cabinet Mm -hmm. post. She may help the party lose the next election. And so she does it cryptically with her note when she's demoted. And then some others who support her decide to do this. And she claims solicitor-client privilege so she doesn't have to comment on it. And she's still a cabinet minister. And the government is hurt. Um, Who knows exactly? But it's just... If if the AG was not a politician and not a member of cabinet, none of those things would be on the AG's mind, right? They wouldn't be thinking, what are the implications for my party and my position in cabinet? And they shouldn't be thinking that. They're supposed to be
0: thinking about the rule of law.
1: Exactly. And so the AG should be a lawyer, fully independently appointed. Mm -hmm. That means by a committee of people uh, uh, where no one from the government or the opposition parties is on the committee. Because you don't want to have this person tainted in any way as a partisan. And that person should be a lawyer and should be the AG.
0: Let me ask you this. The, Justin Trudeau, uh, his, his response, because he was questioned about it on Friday, he said the, the allegations in the Globe story this morning are false. Neither the uh, current nor the previous attorney general was ever directed by me or anyone in my office to take a decision in this matter. Why is the wording so important to his messaging here?
1: Well, you, you were reading from that blog, and mm-hmm. part of that ruling says they can't direct the AG. But it also says you can't pressure the AG. And, and the sources that spoke to the Global Mail said that she was pressured. So that would cross the line as well. So directed does not get them off the hook. It makes it less likely of an obstruction in ju- of justice ruling, because the attorney general can step in and stop a prosecution is empowered to by the change that the the liberals made um, for this remediation agreement uh... and so if they if there was some pressure it's doubtful that there would be a criminal charge of obstruction of just justice mm-hmm. um, it's a very high standard for that but just trying to influence and pressure uh... is enough and democracy Watch filed the first complaint on friday with the ethics commissioner pointing to section nine saying you're not allowed to influence someone to improperly further another person's or business's or organization's interests, And it is improper to try and influence the attorney general to stop a prosecution against SNC-Lavalin. So the ethics commissioner is investigating. There's a dangerous part of that. Lots of people think the ethics commissioner is investigating because NDP MPs filed a complaint. That's not true. The ethics commissioner's statement cites a section where he has self-initiated an investigation.
0: And you were calling for it as well, no?
1: Yes, but when the Ethics Commissioner self-initiates, the Ethics Commissioner can stop that investigation without any public notice, and if he decides to ignore the facts and the law in his ruling, you cannot review that ruling, appeal to to the courts to review that ruling. So it's very dangerous, um, and uh, hopefully the NDP MPs will refile a letter citing the correct section, they cited the wrong section, and that's why the Ethics Commissioner wrote them back and said, section you cited, I don't see any evidence for. However, there's others, this other section, which is the one Democracy Watch cited in its letter to the... other.
0: Section 9?
1: Section 9, and I am going to investigate under that. But when he self-initiates, he can stop it and bury it and not, not issue even a public ruling that he's buried it.
0: Now, who is he, you know, for the average person listening, and myself, in fact, who is the ethics commissioner beholden to? Are...
1: Right. So this is another big issue, which Democracy Watch highlighted in its letter... The Ethics Commission was handpicked by the Trudeau cabinet through a very secretive process Mm. where uh, they also did not consult with the opposition parties. Uh, What they did was um, a, a selection committee of people completely controlled by the Trudeau cabinet came up with him as the only person they could find. They actually misled the opposition parties and the public by saying they couldn't find other qualified candidates when in fact we did an access to information request and found they had more than 50 candidates that had applied, and according to that, their own government records, some of them were qualified. They obviously didn't like any of those people, probably because they would have been real watchdogs. They found Mario Dion, who has a record of eight unethical actions when he was integrity commissioner. He actually violated the rights of whistleblowers in two cases when he was actually the whistleblower protection officer, the integrity commissioner. And then he was... Uh, through the secretive process, put forward to the opposition parties, the Trudeau cabinet sent them a letter and said, here's the guy, you have one week to tell us what you think, but making it very clear that they were going to dictate that this was the guy who was going to be appointed no matter what the opposition party said. And that's not consultation, which is required by law. It's dictation. So you have this guy who's, who's been handpicked by the Trudeau cabinet, and that's why uh, we called on the ethics commissioner to refer this case to a provincial ethics commissioner, he should not be ruling on anything to do with the Liberals because he was handpicked by the uh, the Trudeau cabinet.
0: So- Steph, I got about 30 seconds left with you, unfortunately, because I, I think I'd like to talk to you at length about this uh, more because uh, it's very interesting, the things that you're bringing up. And you're making a lot of sense here for the average person that, you know, reads the headline and thinks, what's going on here? Um, David Aiken from Global News has tweeted out today that the uh, feds have um, announced several funding uh, announcements today. That, and what you're talking about with the ethics commissioner, do you sense that there's some serious smoke around this here in Ottawa?
1: Well, all you need is the appearance of bias from someone doing an investigation or judging anyone, and it taints the case and it makes it invalid, and we think the appearance of bias is there with regard to the ethics commissioner. And the attorney general as well is handpicked by Trudeau, and so the new attorney general may roll over and let SNC-Lavalin off the hook. And so it's all a very bad situation of essentially not having independent, proper enforcement of laws. And that's very serious. When you're talking about big business and big government, uh, and governments that hand out money to businesses, you need the laws enforced around that so that businesses are held accountable for wrongdoing, and so are governments.
0: Duff, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate your time today.
1: My pleasure. I'll keep you updated as things develop.
0: Absolutely love that. Thank you. Steph Duff Conacher. He's a co-founder of Democracy Watch. This